Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of... How would you be living if there were no internet? Hi, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, especially my younger friends, let me tell you what it was like a few decades ago if you wanted to do something as simple as buy a book. For example, you were sitting in your home, maybe already reading a book, and the author mentioned some book that you thought would be interesting to have. Think of any topic, whatever might interest you. I used to read a lot of astrology books, for example, history books. So let's take history book as an example. So I read about it, I think, hmm, I think I'm going to, I might get that book. So what did I have to do? Well, the first thing I would do would be to get into the car, drive into the city. That is what I was living in Germany, for example. When living in Spain, I didn't have a car. So there, I use Spain as an example. I'd have to get up out of my seat. I'd have to leave the house. I'd be sure that the bookstores were going to be open. I'd go to bookstore one, say, do you have this book? And more often than not, since I usually didn't look for bestsellers, uh, they'd say, well, no, we don't have it, but we can have it in two weeks. I'd say, oh, thanks. Uh, okay, maybe I'm going to look around because there are a lot of bookstores there. I was living at the time in Granada, Spain, and I lived in Madrid also. So then you go to the next bookstore. I use Granada's example because it's smaller. I could walk all around the city. You go to the next door. Yes, the same thing. No, they don't have it either. The next one, they don't have it either. Uh, then you get the one that maybe they had it, but maybe they didn't. So you think, okay, well, I'll order it. And then you have to wait two weeks for it to get there. Then you have to go back to the bookshop to pick it up, right? They'd say it's going to be here in 10 days. So you go back 11 days later, go pick up the book, you pay for the book, and you go home. Well, now to you young people, this must seem like the Middle Ages, what I just described to you. Because what do you do if you want a certain book? You don't even get up out of your seat. You just go to a certain page on the internet, we'll say Amazon, and you'll find that book immediately, most likely. If not there, then someplace else. You still haven't even gotten up out of your seat. And you look for it and you see, oh yes, it's available. Now maybe it's not available in hardback, in a physical book, but there's an ebook format. Okay, well you can get that immediately. Within a few minutes, you've paid for it and you have that book. If it's a physical copy, well, then you might have to wait a few days. Maybe it's print on demand. You wait a few days, but you don't have to get out of your chair, do you? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what a big difference that is? Just a little simple thing like looking for and finally getting a book. Even if the bookstore had the book you wanted, I would have to you know, get up out of my chair, lock the door, leave the house, go down the stairs, then walk maybe, I don't know, half a kilometer or maybe more, whatever, to get to where I'm going, maybe go by car when I was living in Germany, go in the city, well, that was about 15 kilometers, so I have to go in there, park the car, pay for the parking, go to the bookstore, ah, yes, there's my book, and then go home, right? And now you don't even have to get up out of your chair? What is this doing to us? Now, I'm not saying well, we should go back to the the good old days in that sense, but think about what that does. First of all, much less moving around. I haven't been to America since 2013, but I noticed even then, after the year 2000 and even somewhat before, 
the streets of Hanover, PA were much different than they were when I first moved there. Uh, how old was I? Almost 14. Well, my grandmother had lived there. I was born and raised in Baltimore, but we grew up there summer holidays, a week or whatever, and Christmas. And there you saw kids walking around the streets. Maybe in the summer, they'd be carrying baseball bats, uh, you know, not not to break car windows and attack anybody who was of a, of a certain unpopular race. <laughs> By that, these days, I mean, you know, whites, because we're all white supremacists. You've heard that before, right? No, I mean that. They were actually carrying baseball bats to play baseball. And they had baseball gloves, too. And I mean, when I was a kid in Baltimore, we'd be walking around going to the baseball field. It was a dangerous neighborhood, but since we're a group of kids, we all had bats, then the gang members would usually leave us alone then, right? But at least we were walking around going someplace. Now in Hanover, PA, you can drive around. You don't see any young people walking around the streets. As soon as they're 16, they have cars. And before that, I don't know where they are. The baseball fields have disappeared. There used to be a lot of baseball fields. But last time I was there, I think I found, I think I saw one someplace. Uh, maybe there are more that I didn't see, but I, I was thinking, what happened to this baseball? What happened to that baseball? And they're all gone. Not as many people are playing baseball, and not as many people, I think, are just going out and doing things. They're sitting at home playing dumb computer games or doing whatever on internet. Think of what that does to a people. Think of what it does to an individual. I know some people who have become virtual hermits, and they just sit at home all the time. Yes, I'm one of them, but because I'm here in Japan and uh, my wife's here most of the time and, and we're just like that. We're, we were never big socialites in that sense. And living in Japan, you know, people don't invite you to their house. So it's not like when we lived in Spain, we get invitations. That doesn't happen here. If it did, we'd go, you know. But that's just Japanese society. But I'm more of a hermit now than I've ever been. And it's not uncomfortable. That's my point here with this podcast. How would you be living if there were no internet? Imagine how you spend your day. For example, it was a Saturday, Sunday. Maybe you're unemployed. Maybe you are employed, but you go home and think of the things you do. Imagine how would you spend five days if there were no internet? I mean no internet on your cell phone either. Let's say even no cell phone, that you can't just call people cheaply. Because back, I think, 30 years ago, if I went to call somebody in America, I might have to, well, I remember in Germany, and this was 1979 or 80, You'd pay like $2 per minute for a call. And $2 then it was worth more than $2 now. Now it'd be maybe the equivalent of, I don't know, $4 a minute. Now you get online or Facebook Messenger, you know, the, the voice chat, and you can talk for free for hours to people all over the world or Skype, you know, some service like that. Even if it's paying, it's like two cents a minute. And you should be a couple of dollars a minute. I remember I called my mother. I'd have to be watching my watch because I didn't have much money when I first moved to Germany. Then, uh, well, beginning is end of 76. And if I called my mother every few months, uh, it was like five minutes and maybe at the most because that would be maybe, I don't know, $10, $12, and which is like over $20. I didn't have much money. So, so once I got a phone, because I was living in place at first, I didn't even have a phone. Then you get a phone, then she would call me, but also she'd be looking at her because it was expensive. So imagine you were back then, what would you do all day? I'm talking to you who, who are capable of sitting there at your computer for hours a day and, and days at a time and weeks at a time and being totally content because you have everything you need. You need a book. Like I said, you go in a few clicks and the book's on its way to your house. Uh, other things I needed about a year ago, some little connectors for cables to an MP3 player and to something like a computer. Well, what do you, 
what you have to do. You had to actually get up out of your chair and leave your house and go look for it at some shops. If you didn't have it, once again, you wait for days until they get it in. Now you go to a place like Amazon. Oh, there it is. Oh, look, they have two or three types. So I'll get this type because it's better or this type because it's cheaper. And you sit back and wait till it comes to your house. Think of what this does to an entire people when we become so passive. In a previous podcast, I talk about uh, what if the aliens came to Earth and, and nobody noticed them because of all these official videos are being put out by the military now showing, oh yes, there, there were aliens flying around, but we don't know exactly who they are. Maybe they're dangerous. Well, I think that's, that'll be podcast. I haven't put it up yet. It'll be number 26. By the time you hear this, you'll see that one there. I think it's episode 26. You'll see it in the list of episodes on my podcast channel. But I was marveling at how strange it is that we see this now in Fox News, on CBS, MSNBC, you know, military footage from aliens and, you know, military pilots saying, yes, we, we saw this with our own eyes, and people don't seem to be reacting. It's almost as if mankind has turned into a group of zombies. It's kind of like the walking dead, right? <laughs> people are sitting there at computers looking at things, and nothing seems to sink in. I mean, 30, 40 years ago, if the military had put out these videos, people would have, it would have been the buzz of the world. There have been more articles about people talking about it, and now it seems like they don't care. I mean, it's for, I'm sure some are talking about it. I mean, obviously some are if they put it on CBS, right? But it's as if you go into Facebook, and I, can, I, I did the experiment. I looked at my feed or whatever you call it there, timeline, I don't know what they call it. Uh, and I was going down. I didn't see anybody posting anything about that. It's as if, well, oh, well so what? Some think, oh, we always knew they were aliens. Others think, well, we didn't believe it. We didn't want to say things because then we look dumb, so we're not going to put it. No, I just get the impression that there's so many bright colors and lights and internet, you know, so many themes and so many subjects and, and so many distractions that no matter what they put up, I mean, it could be, I don't know, Jesus Christ coming back for the second coming, which I don't think is going to happen, but many do, coming down on a cloud with angels and they'll put up on the internet and people say, oh yeah, well, we knew that was going to happen or oh, that must be fake. or They won't even look into it. They'll just go into the next picture of a girl in a bikini on a beach or something. Uh, isn't this worrisome? Don't you think this is it? <laughs> or is it just me? I don't know. It seems to me that, uh, that we've become so uh, intellectually lazy, shall I say, that we don't think things through that physically lazy as well, that, uh, and once again, I'm not saying we should go back to the old times, it takes weeks to get a book and you have to walk from one story to another, but there was something good about that. I remember I get out and I think, well, okay, when I lived in Granada, for example, okay, take a walk. Just taking a walk, seeing other people, maybe see other shops I might want to go into uh, if it's a sunny day, maybe sit down on a bench and just, you know, take in some vitamin D with the sun, uh, then go to the shop, and maybe I found the book, maybe I didn't, but if I didn't, I think, well, maybe I'll go someplace else, or maybe I'll I don't know, go to the telephone booth over there, remember, remember them, and call a friend. Maybe he's lived in this area, maybe we visit him, something like that. And these days, uh, much of that is just lost. And I don't think that's a good thing. And that's why I'd like to encourage you. Spend five minutes thinking, how would you be living today, this very day that you're listening to me, if there were no internet? First of all, you wouldn't be hearing me <laughs> because you wouldn't have found this podcast, right? Uh, it, it wouldn't exist. You would hear me maybe on cassette tapes. I don't know, right? I'm talking about 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever. Maybe a cassette tape series that I'd have to charge money for because it's a physical cassette, and you probably wouldn't buy it because you have other interests in your mind, right? So you probably wouldn't be hearing me anyway. Maybe if I were on the radio, I did some radio shows 
a couple of times in Granada. You might hear me on the radio, okay. But so many things we wouldn't have access to, and that's one of the marvelous things about the Internet, all these millions of things we can get, but do we really appreciate them? I was thinking about that as far as, for example, uh, music is concerned. How in the past, when I was like 15, I was just get 14, 15, I discovered Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach. And even in the Bonton store, some big general department store, but they had a little music section and they had a little classical music section. It was only, I don't know, a few hundred records. But I'd be looking for some pianist and think, wow, the new recording of Glenn Gould playing the well-tempered clavier just got in. And I would have saved my money, had a paper route back then as a teenager, and I'd, I'd buy this recording, might have cost four and a half dollars, which was a lot of money for me back then. We're talking about, you know, 19, I don't know, 70, <laughs> right? And, but I gladly spent it to get this one LP. Well, you might open, I have a little scratch on it, but what can you do, right? You take it home, you play it, and you play it again, you play it again, and you treasure this. I remember my LPs, I would protect them, I, I treasure them. If one got a bad scratch, one time I was mad at my grandmother, <laughs> God rest her soul, because she was doing something in my room, probably making the bed because I was too lazy to do it. And she was over to visit, and she accidentally bumped into my record player, which sent the needles scratching over the surface of one of my favorite records. <laughs> I got a big scratch in it. I wasn't really mad because I loved her as a grandmother. I thought, oh, wow, why does that have to happen to one of my favorite records, right? <laughs> but my point is that I cherished each and every LP. And these days, you go into YouTube, you have literally millions of recordings you can listen to for free. You have to download, just go into YouTube, I listen to them. And the quality is better than, than a lot of LPs were back then because they would get scratches and things, right? And not only that, you can even hear the old LPs because some kind souls make recordings of old LPs and put them on YouTube. So, but we don't appreciate it as much then. When there's no internet, we appreciated a lot of things a lot more. Like I say, you need, need a little connector for a cable. And if you have to walk around to three different shops and finally you find it, you go home, with a feeling, a triumphal feeling. Oh, wow, I made a, an effort. I went to three stores and I found that little piece. A little piece only costs a dollar, but you needed to connect two cables. But these days, you don't even think about it. You go into Amazon, you, you click a few times. Oh, there it is, and, and you order it. You don't think any more about it. Somehow, Internet's taken a lot out of our lives on a purely human level. We see fewer people because we won't leave the house as much, obviously. So we don't have as many chance encounters on the street. Okay. You Americans listening to me, some of those chance encounters you don't want to have because it might be a thug beating over your head to mug you, right? <laughs> Remember, I was born and raised in Baltimore. I know about these things. Uh, came from a pretty bad neighborhood there. A lot of good people there. High percentage of bad people, though. By high percentage, I don't mean over 50%. <laughs> no, most of the people, black and white, were very good people. But we all know they have high crime rates there, right? So I don't mean that kind of chance encounter. I mean other types. You just happen to be walking down the street and you, you see a friend you haven't seen in a while, for example, or somebody just looks friendly and you get in a conversation with them, whatever, right? And if you just sit at home all day, you really don't have that. Look, even with dating, you used to be you go to parties. Uh, for example, you have to go to bars or discotheques. I was never a discotheque person myself. <laughs> uh, in these days, you just go on some kind of app and you have no idea who you're really communicating with. I mean, really, at least if you meet somebody on the street or in a bar, just this initial eye contact, you pick up some vibes, right? Which you're not picking up over an app when the woman puts in a picture of herself that's from seven years ago, and then it's been touched up so you don't see any wrinkles or whatever. You know how they do those things. 
I mean, I know women that never put up any picture unless it's been put through one of those filters to make the skin look smoother, right? You know, that sort of stuff. Isn't that false advertising? I mean, can't you sue them for that? You know, you wake up the next day with this person next to you and you think, wait a minute, with no makeup, wait a minute, this isn't the person that I met last night in that book. What happened when the makeup starts to run and fade away? Isn't that false advertising? Hey, women, maybe you could answer that for me. Don't we have a right to sue you for that? Well, okay, I'm being a bit... <laughs> a bit comical here but I can't help it <laughs> oh and men lie on those apps too very very obviously does anybody tell the truth you know that's what I wonder I don't frequent those places I've long been married and I don't don't go into that stuff but of course I saw it years ago some project I wanted to start we had to research that sort of thing and and uh, it's quite a landscape when you get down to it but what's the matter just with being out in the street with a lot of people and just meeting people naturally? Uh, I, I mean, that still happens, of course, but I don't think it happens as often. So, yes, I'd like you to do that little exercise sometime during the day. Just think, maybe before you go to bed, think, okay, how would I spend tomorrow? Or how would, would, <laughs> would I have spent today if there were no internet? What would I have done? Sit around maybe watching TV? Well, that's kind of unproductive, isn't it? And we get the idea with internet, we get the idea that's more serious than TV, right? Because you're actually doing things. TV, you're sitting there like a couch right here and just staring, right? Now, theoretically, you know, what I watch shows because I'm involved in working as an extra or actor occasionally here in Japan. So I watch shows totally differently now. I see, ooh, the director did a pretty good job there. No, he didn't do that correctly. Or look, there's, uh, there's a gaffe there. They, and uh, look at the extras. I know just what they're thinking because I've been in scenes like that. So I analyze a lot more, but then I'm an analytical person anyway. But of course, you can just watch a show and just kind of soak it in passively. But with internet, precisely because we're always clicking and we're always doing things, we get the idea it's kind of making an effort. It's really not because these things become quickly habitual. And in the end, after clicking this and, and, and I don't know, doing this and this and, and putting other screens up, we get the idea we've achieved something. But maybe what we've achieved is something that really doesn't make too much difference at all. We haven't really learned anything. Of course, there are moments when we do go into some place and we actually learn some facts. But so often they're just trivia things that we pick up and we don't see them in context. I think people are becoming much more superficial, but even more dangerous is what I think is a fact that they're not, they're not exercising their critical thinking abilities, becoming more passive in general, but they're fooling themselves into thinking that they're really being active because of this clicking all the time with internet. You know, it does seem more active. You have to put more thought into it watching TV. You turn on a TV, put on a channel, and just sit there and watch. With internet, you think, where do I go now? And what's like, oh, look, here's a link. I'll click that thing. It is more active. But at the end, how much are you really getting out of it? I know you can get a lot out of it, and I do. But how much of the time you spend in the end, like at the end of the day, can you tell yourself, I've gotten a whole lot today through the internet? Games, for example, these gaming groups. Before that, they had other games, Sony, PlayStation stuff. I never got into that stuff because there's such a, a possibility, if not probability, that you're going to get addicted to it. And then you're just spending your time hours playing games. And they're not even games like baseball, basketball, whatever, where you're moving and it's physically good. No, it's just they're clicking, trying to kill monsters or kill enemy soldiers or whatever. Uh, 
uh, uh, really, aren't there better things to do in life? Because after you do that, now I'm going to get active. Then you go out and play some real game, maybe basketball. Well, okay, that's at least physical activity, but it's still a game, right? What are we doing to make ourselves better thinkers, to become less superficial, to become more profound? What are you doing every day to achieve that goal? Is it even a goal for you? Or you're just so caught up in, in entertainment and passivity? We've noticed these last months uh, with all the things going on in the world and people aren't noticing. <laughs> Many people haven't noticed that we're approaching possible World War III between Ukraine and Russia, also with China. Uh, now it's with, uh, uh, what's it called in English? Belorussia, Bello I think what they call it. I speak three languages. I look up news. I think it's Belorussia, right? Belorussia, whatever they call it. Uh, and now there, there are war drums as well. These things could spiral and turn into World War III. How many people are even reading the stories about those things? What about the, the election audits? Have you thought about if the election audits prove that Trump really won, what's going to happen? How much time do you spend a day thinking about it? It should be at least a minute a day. Whether you hate Trump or love him, uh, how much time do you spend thinking about that? Because if a few states, if it's shown obvious election fraud, which you know I've studied from the beginning, there was obvious election fraud. You can believe what you want, but before you opine, look at the evidence. Read the Navarro report, for example. The evidence is massive. But once they prove these things, What's going to happen then? Uh, will Biden just be kicked out of office? Will, be he, will he be arrested? Will the deep state win and nothing will happen to him because they're going to arrest Trump? I mean, these are things that could spiral into a civil war. Do you realize that? Do you even think about that? Or you're just so hypnotized by mainstream media that's giving you just one narrative. Oh, things are, it's just politics as usual. Even no people have said, so, oh, just politics as usual. Believe me, this is not politics as usual. These are times like I've never before seen in my life, and I'm 65. Uh, you should think about that no matter what side of the fence you're on. And start putting some deeper thought into it and start seeking the truth. It seems to me that, uh, uh, I mean, I've talked to people on the left, and after a long discussion, they even say, well, even if there was fraud, I'm just glad to get rid of Trump. And I say to them, Oh, even if it was fraud, in other words, you're a totalitarian. They say, well, no, of course, I like democracy. But you're saying you agree with election fraud just because you don't like the candidate? That's, that's like a Nazi, basically. It's like a Nazi or, a, or a, a, a Soviet communist. It's extremism. And a lot of people are actually thinking like that. Why? Because they're not thinking. If they thought it through, they'd say, well, I can't think like that. Whoever won, whether I like him or her or not, they're the elected official. And we have to have election integrity. And people that don't think that, they're really... They're really enemies of the Constitution, but they don't realize that. I'm not really calling them enemies of the Constitution because they say, no, no, I love America, I love the Constitution. Well, let's dismantle it. Let's get rid of the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment. Let's do that. But I, I, I love the Constitution, yeah. Once you rewrite it, maybe, that, maybe it will be to their taste. I don't know. But uh, as I said, no matter what side of the fence you're on there, you should be putting some deep thought into this because this could be upon us before you realize it. If there's no Internet... You'd just be reading about these things in a newspaper. Of course, newspapers have different slants on things too. But let me tell you, the extremism in reporting that we have these days, there are very few true investigative journalists. It used to be back in the 60s, yeah, there were slants. The news people were generally left of center anyway. And that has to do with the very profession. I'll get into that in another podcast. I'm not criticizing for that. Everybody has their preferences. 
and because news people are generally more the the people you know active meeting people you know you have to be like that if you get in the news and they're generally more of a leftist slant and I get that but it used to be that you'd have people really investigating come up with real scandals everything now the mainstream media they have their narrative and do everything possible to protect that narrative and they will try to censor everything else if that doesn't worry you uh, you're pretty superficial let me tell you the direction that can go is horrifying and now you might think what's well, not bad because going the direction I'd like to go but just wait till the tables turn and you have the same censorship and maybe even arresting people with no grounds but now it's going against you oh just wait till then but by then it might be too late we might have lost democracy and I will say also about this internet thing as great as it is you know internet started in, in military hands you know that I mean the origins of internet they were military projects and once it's given to us and you know the well, big corporations develop it you don't think that those people who would like to control us you don't think that they're doing things to do precisely that using the internet as a tool uh, you should read more about the history of governments of shadow governments of deep state uh, I mean now we call them deep state but such forces always existed in other words the leaders behind the leaders you had that in every you had that in when, when they used to have kings right there might be some cardinal behind the king Richelieu in 17th century France Louis the 13th but you had this powerful cardinal really intelligent guy and he was directing he was pulling so many strings more so than the king we would say he was deep state back then they didn't have that term but these people always existed and was just one person he'd have his own agents that he would pay going out you know to press certain narratives push certain narratives and to totally get rid of other narratives to censor to have people arrested da, 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 da. that always existed read history you'll know and the danger here if we just let ourselves be entertained by internet if we don't think and think more deeply we are sheep we're putty in their hands and we're like sheep just being guided in one direction now and then another direction later however they want to to direct us which means we should be thinking about these things more deeply but finally I ask you once again do the little exercise ask you how would I have lived today if it hadn't been for internet and I ask myself that question because I'm internet hours a day I'm making these podcasts I'm doing music and they're wonderful creative things I think what would I be doing if it weren't for that okay be writing books with a typewriter maybe if we had no computers <laughs> uh, doing such things maybe writing articles for papers or whatever and be a lot more a lot more work and I'm glad we have internet but think about how you use internet write it down for a day I was in internet for five hours and this is how I spent my time there you might shock yourself you might think oh my god really creative things was only two minutes and useful things is only a half hour and four and a half hours just entertainment. oh my god what am I doing here let me play basketball instead okay I don't like basketball <laughs> I'm tall but I don't like basketball uh, and at 65 I'm not gonna get back into playing baseball again I, I, I'd be really lousy <laughs> but hey I like to go running still maybe run more or whatever you think about these things and uh, in an, an effort to avoid further superficiality further passivity look up those stories the military is releasing now about you know these UFOs and make a make a list of questions what does this imply what's really behind this what does this mean what does this mean if if aliens are getting closer and closer to us that is if before too long they're going to announce yes the aliens really are here how are you going to react to that 
what questions will you have for the aliens if you're allowed to ask? How will you defend yourself if they're not so friendly? Have you thought about these things at all? Maybe, maybe not. The way I see it, people are so hypnotized today and so superficial that even things like that, they just don't seem to notice. And I'm trying to do what I can to wake them up through podcasts like this episode you're hearing right now to get you to, to think a little more, to wake up more, to avoid superficiality, and always to question, for these elements belong to the path of Socrates. I wish you a fine day, wherever you are. This is David Bolton. Enjoy yourselves until the next podcast. Bye now. <laughs>